All right, joining us tonight, we have a very special guest talking about some very important things. Uh, Maurice Claret, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you talking with us, and I'm really excited to talk about this initiative that you have. So thanks so much for being on with us tonight. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's probably uh, it's probably a gracious thing that you all have me on and uh, <laughs> uh, gave me yeah. this platform, you know, to talk about to talk about what I'm talking about. I like look. Okay, so. I don't want to keep teasing it because you're you're doing it. the website is theredzone330.com. So uh, you guys can go on there. It's uh, the Red Zone. You're doing all kinds of great things for the city of Youngstown, Ohio. Tagline is uh, changing a city by changing a life. Right now, what you know we're going to talk about is an initiative that you're going to be doing with uh, Youngstown City Schools uh, for transportation with kids. Um, but also, we're going to ask you maybe to talk a little bit about what else. Uh, that um, program is going to be doing for that city and whatnot. I look. I love the fact that we have you on to talk about this stuff because this is really, really important. Like this is not something that, like football is important. It's 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 fun. Sports are important. <laughs> important. This is to me. I mean, I'm a teacher, right? Like I'm a high school teacher. This is the stuff that gets me fired up. So I am really excited uh, that we can have you on to talk about it. Uh, can you just explain exactly what this initiative is that you're doing and how maybe people can get interested and involved? Okay, so uh, well, I guess i got to tell you how it originated. Uh, okay, the, the, the initiative is called uh, Every Kid Deserves a Bike. Uh, but initially what it started was that uh, Youngstown is in the bottom fifth in Ohio within school districts. You know, it's a very impoverished place. Uh, the students are behind academically. Uh, socially, emotionally, and, and everything that you can probably uh, uh, mention from a uh, deprived standpoint. And um, there, they, they, after we're, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, we, what I do, I, I own a behavioral health agency, and with the behavioral health agency, we deal with uh, clinicians who are directly in the school, directly into schools, uh, adding psychosocial and emotional support to the students who either are identified by the principals. Or kids who have uh, some sort of issue, basically throughout the throughout the year, uh, that the that the uh, school recommends to us for a counseling agency, and we assist these kids. Uh, one uh, just through uh, either psycho, psycho psychologically, socially, emotionally, or through their academic needs that we can assist them with in whatever capacity. And throughout the process, we found out that a lot of kids have a lot of different struggles or um, barriers to learning uh, for for a number of reasons, and transportation being one of them. And so this thing started at a young at a school called Taft, and at Taft they used to have a lot of trouble with kids getting to and from school. And the problem would happen is that a lot of these kids would have uh, after school activities or things that would take place after the buses or the normal buses would leave, and these kids basically couldn't attend. They needed to get extra help or uh, just extra support academically to basically uh, basically assist themselves in becoming stronger students. And so what happened was is that uh, the Department of Transportation and Youngstown City Schools actually stepped up and said, okay, uh, since we can't coordinate and provide all this busing, I think one of the best things that we can do or will do is to provide uh, bike pathways inside of the neighborhood school district. And since uh, we can provide that, uh, basically we'll use one of our partners who are within these schools uh, to help us to provide the, uh, the bicycles for them. And so when they initially reached out to me, they was like, hey, could you uh, be the third partner inside of this situation uh, to kind of help us raise the bikes to provide these kids to get to school from school and into after-school activities and also some of the other things that they would like to grow out and build into that would need for transportation. And basically, I just stepped up and said, yes. You know, we, we work with, I think, about 310 or 315 kids uh, directly now within the school system. Uh, but this is an entire school right now 
who we can outfit with bicycles and transportation and getting back and forth to just school, just basic school, just basic stuff. Like, you know, what we're talking about just the, the basic necessities of getting to school and, and having independence and having your autonomy and, and just having a sense of self and, and just having the sense of, like, you know, I can get back and forth by myself. Uh, I just thought it was a cool and neat thing for us to be able to do. And uh, uh, I, I didn't think it was hard with all the people that I know to, to raise the money for the bikes. I think, first of all, I have a thousand things to say about that because you are 100% dead on about how important just transportation is overall. I, I teach at a charter school where, you know, we kind of get the cast offs of um, the transportation system sometimes. We have kids who will wait around at school after school's over for like maybe an hour to get home, uh-huh. right? And which is insane because the bus won't show up and, and they won't get there. Lack of transportation is one of the number one reasons why. You know, middle and low income kids are not coming to school and they've got a thousand other considerations they have to deal with at home. Um, Some of these kids have, you know, bus rides that are an hour, an hour and a half just to go like maybe 20 miles, which is absurd. So I like I am right there with you. I think that is an unbelievable initiative that you guys are doing. Um, (laughs) I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I've had to delay the start of the content of my first period class because kids are still coming in on buses that are late. And it's not because they live a thousand miles away. It's because it's just, they're not getting good transportation. So I, mean, I, I, I mean, love that I mean, initiative. I think that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just, just to deal with the harsh reality, just to deal with the harsh reality. And I know when I started out, I wanted to say like a thousand things. I think I kind of calmed down right now. Um, <laughs> no, it's good. Like I wanted to tell everything in one second. Yeah. But but the bottom line of it of it is is that you're dealing with uh, lower income families. Right. And everybody doesn't have reliable transportation. Everyone may not have uh, the most responsible adults in their lives. And if people understood what a behavioral health agency was, uh, we're there in part because kids come from uh, impoverished areas. We we're there because kids don't eat. We're there because kids. Uh, have have been dealing with trauma since they've been kids. You know, we're there because kids don't know how to cognitively process information or identify skills to decompress themselves or just find different outlets to just, you know, just to express themselves constructively. In part, we're there to skill build. In part, we're there to just to be the supportive staff towards the school. And uh, and partly of that issue, like like this this is one of this is a byproduct of that issue. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't have this in a more, in a, excuse me, you wouldn't have uh, this in a more affluent community, and we're just trying to uh, glue the basic necessities together. You know, just get a child to school together psychologically, emotionally, socially amongst their peers, uh, but also give them uh, a form of transportation. And, and, oh, by the way, this is a form of exercise. And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I felt how cool it felt just to get on your bike and you can go from, the bottom of the street to the top of the street in a, in a couple of seconds. And, you know, like at least let's help to solve that problem. And then once we solve that problem, at least we're dealing with something else, you know, now can come, okay, you have no, um, you have no, uh, uh, no, no complaint about getting back from school. So how can we support you while you're here in school and, 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 and you staying here, how do we help you to be a little bit more, um, excuse me, attentive to the learning and how do we help it be more responsible and bring all your books and do all your homework and, and create the support of staff and, and get into all, excuse me, our small, small groups that we have every week and, and how do we continue to build on top of that. But I tell you like this, I've never had so much joy, uh, just personal joy, just doing uh, what it is that we're doing now. Yeah, and that's one of the other things that I wanted to talk to you about because it's not just like with the bikes and trying to get involved with that. You, you're doing all kinds of other things for the Youngstown community. 
Can you tell us a little bit more about what you do in that capacity and, and maybe what else yeah. maybe you think Youngstown needs to, to help get back on its feet? Well, it's kind of twofold. So, uh, one, the red zone is it's, it's sort of twofold. It's a behavioral health agency, but we're accredited. We're an accredited uh, mental health uh, and alcohol and drug treatment facility for adolescents and both adults. And a lot of the mental health work that we do with the adolescents, we do directly and with direct services in school, after school, on the weekends, in the home visits, uh, and anything that we can do to possibly support the child and making them healthier to either keep them on track at home, keep them on track in school, uh, help them to socialize better, be it that the, the, um, the environment that, be it that the environment that they're in uh, doesn't offer uh, everything that your traditional uh, suburban or middle-class America environment will offer. We're there to try to support and to replicate and duplicate that to the best of our ability. And then on the other side, uh, and this is more personal to me, the alcohol and drug side, is that we help to provide treatment, excuse me, for adults. Uh, we house uh, 30 men and about 15 women. Uh, we do intensive outpatient treatment services, regular outpatient treatment, case management. Uh, we have medically assistant treatment. Uh, we do aftercare and so on and so forth. And that's for the adult population. And uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people know uh, that the opioid epidemic has swept through America uh, and, and basically has, has damaged a lot of people. And we get a large population of people who have either uh, abused uh, prescription pain pills and has turned to heroin, and you know a lot of stuff now that the heroin has turned to the fentanyl, and the fentanyl is causing so many overdoses. And you know right. we get a lot of people who come uh, directly out of treatment centers, and, and once they come to treatment centers, they'll be housed in one of our uh, housing units, and, and from there they're uh, sheltered or sh- shuttled back and forth to our uh, intensive outpatient treatment program. And it's just a, a process. Uh, that we assist them with and getting back on their feet and getting them healthy and, and basically get the same thing. Uh, but it's interesting when you kind of work in both spaces, you kind of understand how the child uh, who never uh, gets assistant as in a child, and it's not, it's not the same in every case because, you know, the drugs and the alcohol have no face. It can be young, old, suburban, urban, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. Uh, but traditionally, a lot of these people, they come from uh, lower to income impoverished neighborhoods, and then they grow up and, you know, through a lack of education, lack of uh psychosocial, emotional support, you know, a lot of the uh, the lower educated people end up with drugs and alcohol problems. And, you know, those those kids end up turning into adults. Or you can kind of see uh, based upon the assessments, like, you know, an assessment when you come in, you sit down and, you know, through an hour and a half of uh, going back and forth with the clinician, uh, excuse me, it's easy to identify, you know, through through language and through mannerisms uh, where this, you know, where this individual may have dropped off of school or something like that. Right. You see how the drugs and alcohol and, and the lack of uh, employable skills or whatever you want to call it, uh, you see how all that things, how all those things kick in and then it becomes an issue. Uh, but on both sides of those coins, you know, in, in Colum- I'll, I'll do more in Columbus uh, with alcohol and drugs uh, coming up until probably, probably in the fall time I think we'll kick off. Um, excuse me, but in the Youngstown community especially, and I started back there on purpose, is because, I mean, I started back there, and uh, one, I, I knew everybody, I knew the city, I knew um, – the amount of people in the city uh, needed assistance in all levels, you know, and I used to ask myself, I said, hey, you know, if you, if you can ever do anything, and, uh, and, it, and it's funny, it's kind of funny how you can speak something over yourself, and if you go back uh, on into the 30 for 30, there was a, uh, there was a time, uh, it's like like a, an hour and a half, and um, it was a 30 for 30 clip, and, it, and I was talking about, oh, it was an interview I was doing with Gene Wojcinowski, uh from ESPN, and I was talking about uh, that if I ever made some money, I'll go back to Youngstown, and I would live, you know, and I would, and I would start something up to help people. 
And when I went back and I started it, you know, I was kind of like to myself, like, oh, man, you know, and I didn't say, oh, man, I said, oh, shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of funny yeah. how you can speak something over your life, you know what I mean? And then right. the irony, um, like the, the first day that we opened, Trussell came, right? And it was kind of like one of those, like, um, uh, like surreal moments. I said, man, yeah. he's standing here while I'm doing this. And I said this when I was winning a championship at Ohio State and, and like, um, he he didn't understand what I was looking at the way I was looking at him. I was like, man, like this thing really actually happened, and uh, and, and not to be dealing, like you know, and I always say this, you know, and this is no knocks to anybody, and please don't take it this way. I uh, would always say that I wanted to be more than a guy who just came back to his community and uh, through a football camp, you know, you you right. take the pictures with the t-shirts, and you know, you you were this is you you're this illustrious person and the most popular individual, and uh, you, you you've been the person to meet every. Uh, successful individuals you could possibly meet in the world, and all you came back to your neighborhood and brought uh, was a football camp. I thought that that was like so much of a waste of uh, potential. You know, people talk about wasted talent, but there's so much more to an individual, the wasted potential uh, that a person can have the ability to bring back so many resources and people and ideas and, and just so much stuff that you that you see being at Ohio State or or any major division college, major division one level college, is so much more that you can bring back besides a football camp, basketball camp, or anything like that, or some sort of little backpack giveaway. You know, and, and it's not to minimize those things because all those things they they all mean something. You know, and I and I've done uh, back to school giveaways and I've done camps, but I've also realized that the potential of me or the potential of what I had to give to these people was much greater. And uh, in giving back and, and sitting down with these families and like, you know, there's like some families and you seeing that. Um, you know, they're struggling to eat. Like, you know, this is this is serious business. You know, we, we sit with these people, you know, they'll, they'll come to the office, and when they get there, you know, we'll be there six, seven, eight at night, and they'll have three or four kids. Uh, we'll literally not have enough to eat for the week, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not, like, joking, but, like, literally not have enough to eat for the week, and it's not like they're not working. It's that these people work, and they just don't have it to make it, and you see how that affects the children. But it's not like two families. It's like 40 families, you know what I'm saying? And when you see that, you know, it's kind of like crazy. When you look at the, the drug and alcohol side and you see people, uh, first, I, I understand what I, what I personally experienced, and I understand, like, the, the depression you go through, the mental health issues you go through, the cycling you go through, the relapse that you go through. When you see that with other individuals, you see these people wanting to quit and wanting to get over the situation, and you're hearing the families come in and the mother and the father talking to you, and the conversation transcends Ohio State football. The conversation is like, Maurice, I don't care. Who, who the hell you are from a football standpoint. I know you don't care who the hell I am. It's just like, you know, do you have the ability to help our kid out or help our right. brother out or cousin out or something like that? And so, like, even when you say, like, hey, I'm a high school teacher, and you, you got happy about that, and it was like, you, you said, like, yeah, football is cool and sports are cool, but this this thing is real. Like, it's that's big. why this thing is real to me. It, it's, it's real. Really, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah, and it, it's, it's real. And not only that, I mean, so – it's not just that it's real. It's that it means something to people. And and that's obviously how passionate you are about it, how important it obviously is. I just I respect the hell out of the fact that you're doing this. I think this is incredible. Uh the redzone330.com, uh the GoFundMe, uh the the campaign is Every Kid Deserves a Bike. Uh, Maurice Claret, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this and and we'll definitely, you know, promote this on the site a little bit and and hopefully help you out cuz this is an amazing initiative and and we wish you all the best in the world on this. Well, I say thank you for me first, but then uh, the kids from Yucca, they probably wouldn't be able to take you, right? But I'm, I'm, I'm going to thank you on behalf of them, for the people that this affects. Uh, just hopefully this one conversation uh, could help to affect a lot of kids.